0: It's an ultimate global podcast. Hello and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.
1: So welcome to another exciting episode in this special series for the STRs, mm-hmm. and CSMs. And I think this is in continuation with kind of my objective as well to make sure that since I'm an STR, um, I can help other SDRs and people who are in tech sales or people who are in any kind of sales. Um, I want to understand today from uh, Fong about the software sales. Uh, but would you like to introduce yourself, Fong, uh, in this episode? Um, and I hope that's the right way of pronouncing your name. Uh, please correct me at any point of time if that's wrong. Um, and introduce yourself um, on and introduce uh, what you have been doing at adopt in the last four months.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the introduction and appreciate you guys having me on this podcast. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you both. So as a very brief introduction, my name is pronounced Pong like ping pong. Uh, and as a fun fact, uh, this is something I like to share with everybody. I have a best friend named Peng, and I know it's crazy and hard to believe, but you can look him up on LinkedIn. Uh, his last name is Lom, L-A-W-M, first name Peng, P-E-N-G we've been best friends for a long time. So we've been like this ping pong duo, right? And so I currently work as an enterprise BDR for Adobe and I support all of our digital media products. And in the last four months, it's, it's been very busy. So I recently just graduated. Uh, I was the founder of our sales club and president for our, our sales club in, in my university and just kind of carried over going into sales. So it's been an awesome experience at Adobe. Uh, Obviously, it's a massive company, but I do. So my support is basically in the digital media aspect. And I've been doing fairly well in my role. Uh, I've been able to hit quota consistently now for two quarters in a row, my first two quarters uh, as an enterprise BDR. So I'm very excited to uh, chat and, and share a little bit.
1: Absolutely. How has been your experience at Adobe um, in terms of hitting those targets? And also, uh, I see that you are helping a lot of other BDRs. How has both the experiences been for you?
2: Yeah, so um, to answer the first question, my experience at Adobe has been amazing. I think Adobe is generally known as um, a company with great culture, a great leadership. And that has been the case for me. Um, at least, so I've been very happy with my current um, status with Adobe uh, as far as the my teammates, my manager, and things like that, everything has been going well. As far as hitting quota, um, it's definitely a, a, a battle every single day uh, as a BDR, you're, you're making calls, you're sending emails, you're attending meetings. Um, it definitely isn't easy, but I think it's a great challenge if you're someone who's up for it. Um, so in that aspect, it's been amazing. And the to the second part of your question, I have been able to help several other university students kind of break in and get into software sales, tech sales. So that has been an absolute pleasure, being able to do it on both platforms, on LinkedIn and on TikTok.
1: And while you are sh- sharing your experiences with those students, what are some of the tips that you generally share in terms of software sales. I know you 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 still have four months of experience, but on the base of that little experience, what are the some of the things that you share with them?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, my as far as like my TikTok focused and LinkedIn focused are concerned, I'm not necessarily sharing advice on how to be a better BDR, whereas that does happen occasionally. I still feel that I have a very little tenure in the role, obviously. So my main like knowledge and expertise is on helping people get into the industry, because this was something I did tr- a lot of research. I actually researched the industry for five months before actually applying and doing everything else. Um, so some of the main tips and advice that I've been sharing with all university students is number one, to have a LinkedIn presence. I think LinkedIn is extremely underutilized by university students because it is not talked about enough in classes. So we just don't understand it. So that's the biggest thing I share. And number two is being proactive on LinkedIn with your accounts, reaching out to people that currently work at, you know, companies that where you would like to work in and then reaching out, asking them questions, getting on coffee chats. And, you know, potentially asking for internal referrals. So those are generally the basics I cover on my TikTok and LinkedIn as well. And obviously I go in depth more, but that's in, in a nutshell at a high level.
1: Yeah, of course, of course. I totally agree with you that LinkedIn is kind of uh, not used to that extent by university student. Um, I'm a recent graduate, master's graduate from University of New South Wales in Sydney. Um, And I definitely feel that LinkedIn, the kind of relevance that it has gotten these days should have a separate course for everyone in the universities uh, where they are taught about how to use LinkedIn and what's the relevance of posting different kind of content uh, on LinkedIn because it's getting so important amongst the employers and kind of all the employers are visiting your profile um, before they kind of recruit you or move you to the next stage. I know, George, that you're not a big fan of LinkedIn, uh, but how do you see the relevance of, uh, relevance of posting this uh, this kind of content? Uh, I know we have discussed about posting content on LinkedIn in one of the episodes before, but with regards to the graduates, the fresh graduates who are coming out of the universities and looking out for jobs, uh, I think you might be also looking for uh, some candidates when you are you know selling your uh, business coaching idea to students. Do you also see that LinkedIn is kind of gaining more traction as compared to other platforms in Australia?
0: Uh, well, Firstly, I'm going to call you out. Um, it's not that I'm not a big fan of LinkedIn. I'm not a big fan of people that don't understand how to use LinkedIn. Um, and I think uh, I I I agree with Donald. The LinkedIn is is a is a very much underutilized opportunity and it's an it's a very much abused opportunity of marketing and talking to people and and when i say it's abused the number of people you two young fellows even though you're you're young and, and, and keen you would not walk into a club or a bar or a pub or a restaurant and say hi my name's Sarab or my name's Pong uh, do you want to get married? You wouldn't just walk up to somebody and say that. Yet people on LinkedIn say, hi, George, I'd love to connect with you. I've read your your profile. Um, so neither of you guys would just walk into a club or a pub or a restaurant and walk up to a young lady and say, hi, let's get married. You don't do that. Yet people on LinkedIn want to send you these flowery introductions or these, I want to connect with you, you will add value to my network, blah, 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 blah. And then the first thing is they slam into you, sales, 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 sales. It is an abuse of the the privilege. And yes, it's a a public forum and it's an open platform, but that's no different to me walking down the street and you, you seeing me and you just come straight up and start selling to me like that. So, so, I don't. I, it's not that I dislike LinkedIn, Sirab. I dislike the way it's used by many. Um, pong. I think I think your point about uh, people utilising LinkedIn and getting that presence, a hundred percent agree with. Um, I started off with LinkedIn many years ago, probably about um, eight or nine years ago, and I wanted to I wanted to connect only with people that I had some connection with or that I could see would add value to the people I know in the network. So I don't accept everybody's invitation. As, as a matter of fact, I reject far more than I ever accept. Um, but what it does is it can give people a platform to have that network of distribution. And for uni students, by the mere fact that you're a uni student and the mere fact that you're a younger person, not an older person, I happen to be 67, and neither of you two are close to that. My opportunity of having a network far bigger than yours by real people and who I've met is far greater than yours because I've been around longer. But what LinkedIn gives young people, especially uni students, is an opportunity, if they're respectful, if they're smart about how they do it, if they're strategic in what they do, of connecting to some incredibly experienced people with a huge diversity of connections that could help them down the track. Phong, I want to compliment you. I, I almost wanted to applaud when you were saying that you had researched for several months before you even applied for the job. Well done, young man. Well done. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And
1: one of the things that, Fong I want to discuss with you is uh, breaking into software sales now. I assume because I'm also in software sales. You are also in software sales. It's not meant for everyone. Um, everyone can't do software sales or in you know beat sales. Uh, if you are not someone who is passionate about talking to new leads, if you are not about exploring new things, um, if you are not uh, you know uh, in, in a habit of following up with your leads and prospects, then I definitely not see you as the right fit. If this is not something which you're passionate about. Um, because for me, when I get up in the morning, the first thing which comes to my mind as an STR is I've got 20 new leads today and I keep on waiting for my sales manager to send me 10 new leads because I need to give a call and I need to talk to them because I love talking to my customers and I love talking to my new leads. That's what makes me passionate every morning. What do you see at some of the top qualities uh, as an STR? or a BDR should have while they enter into software sales?
2: Yeah, um, before before I answer that question, Sarah, I think, so I I might have a bit of a disagreement in, in that statement, just because for me, I always wanted to be in sales. Since my first year in uni, I did a different internship in HR actually. And then I found out later on, I would enjoy sales much more. And that's just the way that I was brought up. So my family is originally from Southeast Asia, a country called Burma, and we actually moved to the U.S. as refugees. So I grew up, uh, you know, never really grew up around money. And my ultimate goal was always to support my parents and to support my family. It is in my tradition, not only that, but just an internal motivator that I'm one day going to retire my parents so as a uni student i was a triple major i was very hardworking. um for me it was where what industry am i going to go into where i would make the most bang for my buck and that i would be rewarded in proportion to the value i bring to a company and when i looked into that sales was the only industry where i saw that happening so i was very strategic early on i did several internships in sales did part-time jobs and I was actually going to go into pharmaceutical or biotech like med device, but I learned about software sales kind of towards my senior year in, in uni. And that's when I did a lot of research. Um, so for, for me, I, I don't think you necessarily have to be truly passionate about uh, sales for that matter, but you you should like the product you're selling. If you don't, it's it's going to give you a lot of trouble. Um, But I think some of the characteristics that come to that come to mind when you talk about, you know, what are some things that make a good SDR, a good BDR is number one is grit. You, man, it's it's tough in sales, right? Sometimes you're just going to get yelled at over the phone. You're going to get mean emails. Meetings won't go well. So you have to have a lot of grit to do to succeed in sales. Number two is you have to be a creative person. You're not going to send the same messaging that everybody else sends, so that can't that can't be the case. Is number three is you have to be really ambitious, and these are all personal opinions that I've seen what what it takes to succeed from my experience as well as my peers. And like you have to have ambition. If you're not an ambitious person, it's going to get very difficult for you very soon in sales. And I think the the biggest one is being organized. Now, if you aren't an organized person already, this is something you can practice and get better at. So I don't think any of these are like, if, if you don't have them, then it's a no. You can work on these things. But organization is a massive factor in succeeding in sales. And I think, I think you would agree with me in, in this, Sarah, because it can get really confusing really fast when you're working hundreds of accounts.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, with passion, I always uh, mean that if you are not—I uh, was having a conversation. So I organize these bushwalks, uh, coastal walks every weekend in Sydney. So yesterday, I think I organized the sixth coastal walk, and it was towards the uh, southern part of Sydney, towards in the Royal National Park. If you ever come to Sydney, I would—I would be happy to host you. Uh, so we were having a conversation with one of the salesperson there, and they asked me, like, why? what, what do you love so much about your job? Um, and I said that because I'm passionate about what I do. Um, and that's what makes me get up early in the morning at 7 a.m. If I was doing coding, I wouldn't have got up at 7 a.m. because that doesn't interest me. Coding is not meant for me. Technical part is not meant for me. That is for the tech person. Um, I'm meant for talking to people because... And that's something which I carry forward in my personal life as well. Um, I love talking to people. I love building relationships. And that's why I run this podcast. I love talking to people. I love building relationships. That's why I organize Bushwalks so that I can meet people in person, meet new people in Sydney because I don't have my family in Sydney. So that's a good opportunity for me to make new friends, socialize with people. And then the same trait I carry to my professional life uh, on Monday so that is what my question was primarily. Uh, what do
0: you think about this, George? Um, the one thing that you left out of there, Pong, and um, the one thing that I, you left out, Sirab, which I think is the most critical thing, if you want to succeed and you want to stay yeah. in sales, and that is customer comes first. Because a lot of what you're talking about, Pong and Sirab. That's fantastic. Um, I started selling my first thing when I was 11 years of age. I have done many a role, but it's always been as a salesperson in some way, shape or form, even running a multi-million dollar company. If you don't have the customer first, that means that you've got you or your company first. You cannot be a professional salesman, in my opinion. Okay. So the number one thing, if you want to succeed in sales, is care about your customer. The number two things, if you want to succeed in sales, is understand everybody is your customer. We see the customer as being the person outside of the business that we're selling to. But see yourself as a business entity, and you sold yourself to your employers. So you said to your employers, don't go and get that guy to do this job get me to be your BDR. So that the, the company that's employing you, the company that's paying you, the client that's giving you your fees, they are also your customer. Now, if you're respectful to the people internal and you're respectful to the people external, you should be pretty right. Okay, So if people are in sales just to make the money, the people will see the dollars in your eyes. If people are in sales because they know it is the highest rewarded hard work job, and it doesn't mean hard as in it's, it, it has to be you know, sweat and all of that, but if you want to be lazy in sales, you won't succeed. If you want to do some work in sales and work smart, not necessarily hard, it is one of the best paying professions around, if not the best paying profession. And I'll give you this as a thought. You tell me one doctor that makes the most money as a surgeon, the most money as a whatever, that would have the clients if they didn't buy him first. Selling goes through everything we do, and we should always remember, without the client, you ain't got a business. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely, George. Thank you so much for sharing those uh, uh, suggestions uh, because I think your experience and wisdom kind of counts a lot towards uh, what we are doing currently because we are still uh, starting off something, um, and you are you have already gone through those phases. So thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, coming back to you, Fong, um, I think uh, you seem to have a lot of clarity from the beginning. Um, you said that since you were eighteen, you knew you were into sales. A um, lot of people I interact with who are in mid 20s or who are even in 30s, they're not clear on what they're doing. So I think that's a great, great achievement for you that you were 18 and you are now 23 and you already have clarity on what you are doing. Uh, but how do you see this software sales industry growing? Because I see that software sales is growing faster than ever before. Um, how do you see this uh, the future of this software sales?
2: That's a great question, and I think that's a, a bit of a loaded question for me to answer because I don't think I'm going to get it right entirely. Uh, so this is just all purely personal opinion based, but I think it's going to get more and more popular than it is now, and I hope that's going to be for the better. So for me, as someone who was interested in sales since my like freshman year in uni. I didn't learn about software sales until my senior year in uni, which says a lot, right? Like I've been in sales, I've always been interested, but I just never knew about software sales. It's a very lucrative industry. And I don't want to say that it was gatekeep by people in software sales, because if you don't look for it, you're just not going to find it. The way that I found it was through TikTok, through social media. And I think sales in general is more talked about now and the benefits of it, because George mentioned earlier, sales isn't just about doing X, Y, Z, but it's being able to, uh, you know, communicate in, with clarity. And and all of these other skills that are required to be a good salesperson is something that you generally wouldn't just see from the outsider's perspective. But people are sharing that now on LinkedIn, on different social media platforms, and I think it's just going to explode um, even more than it has now. So if, if I had to get a take on it, I think it's going to get even more popular as we go in the future.
1: Yep, absolutely. And I think uh, we can see this because new technologies are coming every day. Um, we can see more tech startups also uh, getting uh, generated every day, which is a great thing, which means that um, this industry is not going anywhere. And I, I think that's, that's the most relevant part of it. Um, how do you see it, uh, George, from your perspective? Because I know that software sales is a new concept, but uh, how do you look at it from an outside
0: perspective? Um, I hate to be the one to tell you this, Surabh, but software sales has been around for a lot longer than you think. It yep. used to be called Excel and it used to be called um, uh Windows 3.1 and probably both of you wouldn't even know what I'm talking about there my my first my first laptop computer um and because I was a managing director at the time it had a 20 megabyte hard drive <laughs> so so it's always been there as as we've as we've come up into software it's what you're talking about is is the the development of the software that's being sold now that does virtually anything and everything. I think I think uh, Pong's ex- exactly right that it, it will it will just continue to grow. Uh, it, it is here for the long haul. I think one of the interesting things for me that I'm watching with the internet um, and social media and all of that is whether we're losing the professionalism of sales because of the internet, and the internet, the internet is the most inefficient um, salesperson that you can meet if you take the audience. If you, if you imagine your potential market for anything that you put up on the internet, you don't, you don't have a very high strike rate at all. So as from a strike rate, it's a very inefficient medium. The benefit of the internet is you only have to get 0.1 of a percent. Of the strike you imagine if you two blokes went out and worked for the next six months and came back to your boss and said I only got 0.3 of a percent of the market you'd be out you wouldn't be there you'd be out on the internet if you could get 0.3 percent of the market you've got yourself a business so so because of that I think there's some people that have gotten lazy and I think there's some people that that haven't thought the whole thing through the companies that will succeed greatest is that the ones that understand once we get them, we still have to have a product. We still have to have benefits. People don't buy features. Features don't do anything if there's no benefit. We have to have value for money. We have to have customer service. All of these new things from the internet, they're not new at all. All it is, it's taking traditional sales and marketing and bringing it forward to a new medium. And the companies that will do well are the people that still understand what it's all about before they embark. The internet gives you two opportunities. Social media gives you two opportunities. TikTok in particular gives you two opportunities. Go viral for all the good reasons or go viral for all the bad reasons. In face-to-face selling, if I, if I make an inappropriate statement, if I say something that's not not quite right, I offend that person. If I say something that is absolutely brilliant, I impress that person. On the internet, if I get it right, millions can hear about it. And if I get it wrong, millions will hear about it. Because the internet is far more interested in promoting stuff that's wrong than it is stuff. Have a look at the big, big virals. It's it's usually the things that somebody did wrong. Yeah, you know? um, Britney Spears, if you take Britney Spears was shaving her head a couple of years back. Nobody would have known about it except half a dozen people that were, were at that store. But that was enough to start a chain of events and we all know the Britney Spears story.
1: Absolutely. Um, just to continue on that part, I also want to understand from Fong uh, because you said that you got influenced by TikTok while uh, entering into software sales. Any other platforms now you see with the millennials and the Gen Z getting influenced into these industries through those platforms? Is it TikTok or LinkedIn or some other platform?
2: Oh, that's a great question. I think easily the most influential platform at the moment, just at the moment is TikTok. And I think that's where people, especially around my age, are learning about the different in, the, diff- the different, industries in sales. Um, and LinkedIn would definitely be number two, but it would be like if TikTok was number one here, LinkedIn would be like number two down here. Uh, just because of the kind of audience, the demographic users of the platforms, TikTok is going to have more users around my age and LinkedIn isn't going to have that. And TikTok is a lot more engaging, at least in from the entertainment standpoint. And so if someone pops up on my feed and says something about software sales or tech sales for 30 seconds, I'm more likely to look at that as opposed to reading a five-minute read on LinkedIn. So that's the only reason why I think TikTok is going to be most influential as far as bringing more, uh, more people into the industry.
1: Yeah.
0: Sirab, so, I'd like to jump in on that. Pong, um, you you should have by now learned that within the sales process, um, you have the decision maker, you have an influencer, you have validators, you have different people within that sales process. I haven't got a clue how to use, pink, uh, how to use TikTok. I have absolutely no interest in TikTok. I don't waste my time on TikTok. I run companies, I, I talk with people, and I'm up here and, and I'm 67 years of age. So if if I'm interested in something, you're, you're gonna connect with me via LinkedIn. You're gonna you might connect with me through Facebook, or you've got to get to a TikTok user who you think is going to be able to be influential to me in senior management. Now, what will happen down the track, people of your generation, as you move up into the more senior ranks, then the TikTok will become more important. Senior management today, that's a waste of time. Senior management in another 10 years, is there anything else but TikTok? um So Rob, this comes back to what we we're talking about with uh, Ryan in customer journey. You guys, you younger guys, have to understand who are you selling to, and what are you selling. So it's all very well and good for you to get a whole lot of people at junior level in your TikTok. You've got to think about what's the next level up. So who's the decision maker in this gear? Now, if it's software to people of your age, of your generation of your standing in business, TikTok's terrific. But if that person's got to go and convince some grey-haired old fart like me, and I say that with respect, not disrespect to us, then you need me to be able to go, oh, I'm prepared to listen, as opposed to oh, that TikTok rubbish, I'm not interested. So so at the moment, don't think that it's all or nothing. There's There's a transition. And if if anybody watching this has owned two dogs at the one time, a young pup and an old pup, there is a certain point where the older dog has control and everybody in the house knows it. And then there's a certain point where the young pup says, you know what, it's now time for me to take over. And it happens. All right. So you've got to understand the customer journey and you've got to understand what you're selling and to who you're selling to if i can just interject quickly george that's a that's a great point
2: um and i I thought sarab was asking just in terms of you know how would people find out more about the industry in general so that's what i was answering too but absolutely if you are if your desire is to make content and have like your you know have your potential customers see those content LinkedIn is absolute premium for, for that. So I just want to quickly clarify that. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And I think all our customers um, for soft Sales, most of them in the senior management roles, if we are targeting any CXO level people uh, and trying to influence towards our products, uh, it's they are only on LinkedIn. Um, and it's always important to build a good relationship with them. One of the other things that I would love to do is go to their profiles and see what are they engaging in? What are their activities? Are they liking something? Are they commenting on something? Um, because that kind of makes me feel that they they like some things and they comment on certain things, which also helps me to understand their behavior and their interest areas. So that when I talk to them, I can then say that I, in fact, saw one of the posts that you commented on and just want to continue on that part. Um, We are also in uh, the learning management space uh, at this point of time. So that kind of gives a flow to me and it also gives a signal to the other party that they've already seen the LinkedIn profile um, and they've also seen what I'm interacting on. Uh, Yes, George.
0: You make a good point. But again, um, as you know, part of the reason why I agreed to do the podcast with you is I wanted to help you and other young people and I'm very impressed with you, Pong, so we're going to follow up after this this podcast. Rather than doing that, and there's nothing wrong with you doing that, right, but the other thing that people watching this should think about, if I know that you're into bushwalking and I know that Pong's into motor car racing and I'm talking about a um team building or a networking type thing, then the example I will give in that talk is something to do with bushwalking, something to do with soccer, something to do with car racing. So I, I did a talk to a business networking group last week and I related, I said who who watches soccer? Thank God everybody in the room put their hand up. How many of you play soccer? Thank God the majority of them had played it or know somebody that plays it. So I related all the business KPIs of that networking group back to the centre forward, what the fullback does, what the goalkeeper does. Now, when you do that, younger people in sales, you don't have the expertise because you haven't had as many mistakes as people like me have. And that's where we learn. We learn from our errors. So don't be afraid to make mistakes. I promise you all watching this at the few years down the track, you'll laugh about that mistake. Doesn't matter how bad it is down the track, you'll laugh about it. And there's not a salesperson that hasn't done what you haven't done yet. Okay. But where you're lacking in skills and technique that way, you're trying to relate to your customer. You're trying to relate to your client. Now, if if Pong's all about table tennis, picking on your name, I would then start to relate my story back to that. If I I could I could give an example that would relate to somebody that knows about soccer or football, see soccer, football, basketball, any team sport, even if you haven't played one, you sort of get the idea. If you talk about racing cars, racing bikes, racing racing horses, racing anything, if you've done some, so, so so when you're looking at the LinkedIn, when you're looking at your customer base, it's not about trying to trick them. That That is a con man's job, and we're not con men. We're professional sales. What it's about is how do I communicate my message better to the client to be of better service to my client. And so LinkedIn and Facebook can give you a lot of that. absolutely absolutely i i agree on
1: that part that you always have to have that conversation in a way that helps you to uh, not only sell the product but build a relationship with them and you are i think one of the uh, one of the founders who joined us from brindis a uh, few days back on this podcast itself he said he said to me you are not selling to you are you are kind of building a relationship with them and as and how you build a relationship uh, they will get attracted to you and your personal brand. And they would want to know more about you. They would want to know what you are doing. And and that way you can, you're not selling them, but they still know about what you are doing. And that's kind of a pull marketing, not a push marketing. Uh, yeah. What do you think about that, Fung? Uh, I'm sure you must have gotten about that.
2: Yeah, I, I love that. I think I think that's why, like, <laughs> I genuinely think that's why, uh, more students should be on LinkedIn because there's so many different skills that you can learn, right? So obviously when you're in sales, LinkedIn is one of the biggest platforms you're going to utilize when you're looking for that ICP. And being able to relate to people genuinely, not as a con man, as George mentioned, you're not trying to trick somebody into anything. You You're having a genuine conversation, but it's also really great to be relational in that regard. So if you have a decent understanding about somebody based on their profile as you said you know Sarah up earlier some based on something they've liked something they've commented on if you can bring up something in that regard i think that makes the relationship flow a little better and at the icing on the cake would be if, if that's something that they like is also something you genuinely enjoy doing or that you like i think that's a perfect mix because then you can tailor your messaging Either in an email or in, in, in a LinkedIn message, uh, sorry George, uh, in the LinkedIn message or or just in a meeting, right? You can bring it up very casually. So I think uh, I think it's um, social selling is I think what it's called uh, if I'm if I'm accurate in that regard. But I think that's a great point to to have some of that knowledge ahead.
1: Absolutely, I think uh, now I think we'll have to end this session because of the time constraints. But thank you so much, Fong. Um, Fong. Yes. Uh, And George for, uh, for taking part in this episode. Um, I hope to see you again. And I hope that you also enjoyed the discussion as much as we did.
2: Absolutely. This has been extremely fruitful. I I appreciate both of your time. Thank you so much. And, you know, I look forward to staying connected with you both after this discussion. And once again, thank you for the invites. It's really an honor.
1: Yeah. And, and the irony is, as in how we are getting closer to this episode, we can't even hear any trains in the background.
2: Yeah, not anymore.
0: <laughs> this is an ultimate global podcast. Hello and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.